Hey, I'm Dan. Hey, I'm Suze. We're from Richfield's Deli and Grill. You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. Podcast. Uh, welcome to episode two of the Real Reading Podcast. I can't believe we've made two episodes already, Hugh. It's very exciting, isn't it? That's uh, that's it's, it's almost like Star Wars uh, films. Now we're on episode two. Well, the, yeah, the one in the middle is always always the best one as well. The middle of the trilogy. Uh, yes, yeah, so although the the second start, the second of the first, second of the second lot of uh, Star Wars films, Battle of the Clones, is one where absolutely nothing happens from start to finish. I believe it's three and a half hours long. Yeah. It was. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't the finest uh, money I've ever spent in the cinema. Um, so uh, yes, welcome to episode two of the Real Reading podcast. Uh, a little bit of Star Wars chat for you there. Um, you can find us on Twitter uh, if you fancy at Real Reading Pod, uh, and you can also find us on Facebook at Real Reading Podcast. Uh, if you'd like to do both of those things, we'll post things up there uh, for you to enjoy. No mugshots though, because you don't need to see that. No, nobody wants to see that. Even our mothers are dubious. <laughs> Every episode so far, we've mentioned our mothers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing more to say. Um, our guests this week are Dan and Sue's Hollister from Richfield's Deli and Grill. I went to speak to them last week uh, about their their business on uh, Cavisham Road near Cavisham Bridge. Um, it's a great little place that um, when we used to have the offices, uh, the Get Reading offices on Tessa Road, uh, that was quite often popping down there for lunch. So I'm really looking forward to uh, playing that for you. Uh, we've got all our usual features. Uh, I say all our usual features. It's episode two. So they are just the second time we put these features out uh, in which we pick out things we've liked or loved in the last week uh, or in the, the next seven days. Um, and we've got a little bit of Fort Explains, which is all about water and plastic bottles this week. It is indeed, yes. Um, I picked this up at a council meeting uh, last week, um, and it's about how the council wants Thames Water to install water fountains in Reading Town Centre as part of the nationwide, worldwide, in fact, um, project to reduce use of single-use plastic, as it's known. So we'll come on to that in a little while. Um, just uh, before then, though, we were just going to go through uh, a few things that we've liked and loved. So, um, Hugh, over to you. Wolves. We had a terrific story this week about a uh, wolf that escaped um, from the uh, the sanctuary in um, in West Berkshire. Um, it was one of those one of those days we have in the newsroom where where uh, you're constantly getting updated on what's happening on the on the hunt for the beast around the West Berkshire area. It was being spotted all around the area near schools and uh, by people um, around the area uh, thankfully he didn't attack anyone because that would have turned him turned the new story into a rather uh, rather gruesome one but it was very exciting to to see it unfolding um, and great to see that uh, old Torak who sounds like a Game of Thrones character is was uh, captured and uh, returned back unharmed um, safely returned to his mate Mosey I believe that's right yes and um, it's particularly unusual thing to have in West Berkshire a wolf sanctuary um, for it to provide a story for us and also all the national newspapers as well, it wasn't just us, it was a, yes, caused a stir across the country It caused quite a lot of interest in, in a bit of West Berkshire that probably doesn't get particularly all that much co- coverage uh, on a regular basis uh, No, it's quite sleepy uh, as you would say it's a, uh, 
and that's a very small, quite a small area. And um, I think uh, certainly um, a, a wolf sanctuary. It was the UK Wolf Conservation Trust, the UK WCT. I hope I got that the right way around. Um, who hold on to the wolves, um, and that's in Beenham. Uh, is it a village called Beenham? I believe it's a village, yes. yes. Um, and we, we spoke to Fran McElroy at uh, the UK WCT. Um, we just, with all the national interest, we, we were just wondering whether there'd been a, been a big kind of surge in interest. Um, and thankfully, she said um, that there has been a, a real upsurge in interest in the wolf sanctuary. Um, they've had a few financial donations and certainly footfall has increased and certainly interest has increased so there's a bit of a, as, as well as obviously the wolf being safely returned there's been a bit of a happy ending to it which is great to see yeah it's good news isn't it it's uh, a wolf sanctuary probably isn't the, the thing that springs to mind when it comes to people when they're deciding to uh, what charities to donate to uh, particularly somewhere like that which pe- a lot of people perhaps don't, don't necessarily know about um they, they need all the money they can get get to look after the animals that they they have there and um, I guess anything that raises the profile in this in this way that generates a bit of excitement is a uh, is a good thing and everyone was returned safely and and unscathed and uh, that that was good to hear in the end there are ten different wolves at the sanctuary uh, they're all listed on their website um, as Hugh mentioned, the, the escaped wolf was Torak, um, and as he mentioned, that was, he was safely returned. Um, I think the, uh, the the release we got said uh, had his favourite meal of chicken and bacon, or chicken and beef, or, so, or something along those lines. So I think if, if I ran away and returned home to chicken and beef, I think I'd possibly think about running away a little bit more often. Absolutely. I've been doing uh, a veggie January as well, and so the idea of those delicious meaty treats certainly appeals to me at the moment. <laughs> The thing I'm most looking forward to this week uh, was the announcement that Madness are coming to Reading, uh, but they're not coming to the Hexagon, as you might expect. They're in fact going to the magnificent-looking Englefield House uh, over towards Thiel in West Berkshire. I think certainly it's going to be an absolutely fabulous occasion. Um, it looks absolutely stunning, and fortunately I'm sat with uh, Mr Hugh Fort, who has in fact played cricket there, who might be able to tell me a little bit more about it. I have I have played cricket there. It must have been about twenty years ago, um, maybe more, maybe twenty five years ago. Actually, I think I was a, I was a, a young man. Um, it's massive. It's a huge area, uh, Englefield House. It's fourteen thousand acres. Uh, it's full of deer. Um, it's the home of Richard Bennion, the Newbury MP, who's the always referred to as the richest Tory MP in the country. Um, obviously, you've got to have a few quid to live somewhere like that. Um, so in terms of spectacular grounds um, for a concert, then it should be a tremendous place to go to see what is a very famous, legendary band. So this is on uh, Friday the 6th of July. Uh, it looks like uh, Il Devo have played there before. Are you familiar with the musings of El, Il, Il Devo? Um, no, no, I'm not. I believe they're, are they, they are like, they're like a a boy band but who sing classical opera stroke classical something like that we've got to be a little bit careful here because obviously we mercilessly taunted one of our colleagues who was completely unaware of madness upstairs um so we have to be a little bit careful and, and, and hopefully she's not familiar with il devo either yes i'm not sure who is familiar with il devo if i'm being honest but it's it it doesn't feature too heavily <laughs> in my, my collection so do you know how this how obviously it's a it's a large area and the MP Richard Bennion lives there. How so? He's just having this in his cellar. Is it a, what sort of size concert hall is it? Do we know? 
I've got no idea actually. Um, I I can tell you how much uh, influence Mr. Benyon has had personally on getting Madness to, to play in his what is essentially his backyard. And all I know is it's a very beautiful, spectacular place. And certainly with fourteen thousand acres, there's going to be plenty of area, plenty of areas where you can hold a, a pop concert. Managed to hit a six there. No, I think I dropped a catch, um, and and everyone got cross on me. So. That, that's all I remember. As I say, it was a very long time ago. Well, uh, that's on Friday the 6th of July. I'm really, really excited about that. Um, I think it's really great that uh, Madness are coming to town. Now it's time for Fort Explains It All. this week you we're talking about water fountains um not the type you would have got at school which people used to squirt you with necessarily um from the wedding policy meeting last week um there was a question from the green councillor rob white and quite rightly for a member of the green party he was focusing on the uh, issue of plastic waste and he was saying that in a lot of other other parts of europe um there are free water fountains um, placed around the town and city centres and the aim is for people to fill up their existing plastic bottles with water so they do not need to go to buy a second plastic bottle thus creating waste. We've also, we all saw on Blue Planet, didn't we, the, um, the shocking amounts of uh, plastic that they, they found in the sea um, you know, with the fish swimming, getting caught uh, up in the uh, in the plastic there, and also um, there was this story this week, wasn't it? They, they there was this fish which was caught and it was opened up, and they found things like cigarette lighters inside its stomach, which is all rather unsettling um, for a, for a variety of reasons. Uh, one one of which obviously being that we eat fish. Yes, um, and uh, <laughs> I don't want to find a cigarette lighter in my fish fingers. So so this is the idea. And uh, Tony Page, who's the head councillor for environment, amongst many other things supports this plan uh, proposal from Rob White and he said the council would is going to contact Thames Water over these uh, installing these water fountains so how much do you think uh, how much is this going to cost us to, to pull this together because it obviously it sounds like a good idea um, anything that reduces waste uh, and, and increases people's drinking of water is only a good thing but but of course money's tight as we discussed on last week's podcast um, who's paying for this? Uh, Thames Water, I think, which, as we know, is a private company. Um, certainly, the implication I got was that if the council was going to write to Thames Water, the council would be expecting Thames Water to do this um, and to fund it, um, whether it pays for all of it when the council contributes a small amount or whether whether it's entirely down to Thames Water, we'll have to wait and see, or whether Thames Water, as a private company, presumably would be within its rights just to say no um, but I would think that if the council's going to go for it and put all the man hours and um, and uh, effort into into contacting the Thames Water about it I think that, that they think it's a goer and that Thames Water would be able to for a reasonable cost I don't know how much it costs to install a water fountain I'm not going to pretend <laughs> I do um, I did see you trying to attempt to figure it out there but uh 
would would be willing uh, it's very early stages for this project uh, it's again it's um something to keep an eye on but i like the idea of it yeah certainly certainly i think certainly it sounds like a really really positive idea and a positive step forward um any idea on how many fountains they might install what any numbers that they might be talking about no it was very it was a very um a fairly short question and answer right at the beginning of the council meeting the format is uh Councillor White has the right to ask a question as a member of the council to the lead member who is Councillor Page who then answers it and Councillor White then can ask a supplementary question which he did chose not to do um, and that was how it was left so not much information at this moment it's an idea that sounds quite good um, we'll have to wait and see what Thames Water decides and I don't want to speculate too much but with the council in its financial position um, as it stands to then be able to fund a project to install water fountains itself seems unlikely to me um, it's well documented how little money it's got and for it to to be able to fund a project like this which is a great idea will be very nice to have but it's not a necessity it's not a statutory requirement of a council to provide water fountains for people of, for the people of Reading so the funds quite rightly within the council have to be diverted to the things it has to provide um, rather than rather than extras if you like so I would probably say it's down to Thames Water at this stage but we'll have, we will have to wait and see I don't want to speculate too much more without knowing more about the plan I saw a, a picture in the story published uh, there is an old water fountain um, located in a church which church was that? Oh I think it's St Lawrence Church um, Is that the one that had the uh, uh, that had the scaffolding on the wall for thirty years. For thirty years, yes, yes, yes it, it had. Yes, the yes, it was a memorable day two years ago, I think, um, when that scaffolding was finally removed. Um, but yes, that's you know, that's the water fountain I know in Reading. Um, don't actually know if it works. Um, there would be more similar to that, but not probably not as not as grand. Not as grand. No, not, we'll, not we'll in put, churches. We'll put the picture up in. Um, on the, on our Facebook and Twitter pages, just so you can have a quick look at it if you've if you've never seen it, it was quite intricate and uh, you know really quite beautiful. But um, any idea when you think there might be an answer on that? Is it a case of next council meeting we find out, or, or is uh, it, will we get some feedback? When do, do you know when? Uh, Councillor Page said the council was due to write Thames Water, so that is the very very start of the process. Um, so in terms of when we might see see these. No idea. Council Council and Thames Water Projects are not known for their speedy speediness uh, a lot of the time, so couldn't tell you. It's on our list of things to things to follow for the next few months, and once we get updates on it, we'll we'll publish stories. So that's how it's going. That's how it had to be. And if there's anything more, any more discussion in meetings, Councillor White is quite good at badgering. <laughs> uh, the uh, the labor the labor administration on things, um, so he he will keep on top of it. I'm sure. Thanks, you. Um, so certainly a lot to a lot to think about there. Um, certainly think it's a good idea. We're really interested if our listeners think it's a good idea or not. We'll put a poll up um, and try and get some feedback on that. Um, and do do let us know via Twitter or Facebook whether you think it's a good idea or not. Um, so uh, that was Hugh Fort explains it all.
we have now got Dan and Suze from Richfield's Deli and Grill down on Cavisham Road. They're going to talk to us in a piece I recorded last week. Um, just so you know, our guest next week should be Dan from Lodden Brewery. And there's definitely a drinking and an eating-based theme going on at the moment. If you do have anyone that you think would be uh, good for an interview or would like to appear on the Real Reading podcast, then please do get in touch. Um, you can do that on our Twitter or Facebook pages. So, here we go. Dan and Suze, over to you. Hi everyone, I'm on Cavisham Road this afternoon at Richfield's Deli and Grill with Dan and Suze Hollister. Uh, they are the owners of Richfield's Deli and Grill, and they very kindly agreed to be the second interviewees of the Real Reading podcast. Uh, say hello, guys. Hey, guys. Hello. So, Dan, uh, tell us a little bit about the restaurant. Um, you've been here for, for quite some time, I believe. Uh, I certainly used to be a fairly regular customer back when you were a sandwich bar, but just talk us through, talk us through the restaurant and what brought you to Reading in the first place. Okay, cool. Well, um, yeah, here at Richfields, we sell uh, modern breakfast creations based on American-style dishes. Um, we sell some craft beer, we sell smoothies, shakes. We also have a burrito and burger menu. You didn't have uh, craft beer when I was working around the corner. No, unfortunately sure. not. Unfortunately not. <laughs> I also seem to remember uh, when, it, when I used to come in, you had slightly longer hair. I did. Time. Yes, I did. But, you know, we've all got to grow up sometimes. Well, <laughs> there's, there's no need. I, I used to, uh, when I used to come in here, it was probably about maybe two years ago, I used to come in for a, sound, a nice sandwich. And, you, and, and then I came back after, after being away for a while and you'd completely changed. Yeah, um, it, it surprised a lot of people really and a lot of people still don't recognise me now. Was so. that a bit of a, uh, a long-term thinking or was it just an overnight thing? Or um, did you lose a bet, Dan? I did it for charity, actually. Uh, which yes, charity was that? I did it for Mind and I, oh, raised, okay. I raised a good bit of money for just you know getting a haircut. Let's, let's, let's boast. Come let's on. boast. I raised about £1,200 for, oh, for a haircut, so it's not bad going <laughs> really, is it? Something, I, I know uh, my wife, when she gets her haircut, it does tend to cost a thousand well so, yeah yeah you've done pretty well <laughs> um so yes so you obviously richfield started as a sandwich bar I've, I've, I've talked about that a little bit um and it's expanded probably in the last year or so yeah um, was expansion always a thing you wanted to do yeah yeah we always wanted to run a place like this um the sandwich bar was a great little business but you know you've got to move forwards and um we always had a dream of running uh, a nice brunch restaurant where people can come and relax and enjoy their weekends and I used to I think I used to enjoy the, the baguette with the jalapenos in it. Yes, was, um, the spicy chicken. That's still on the menu, still on actually. It's still there. Not a secret item. No, no, it's a winner. It's still there. It's still there. Great. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the expansion was always on our mind, really. And um, I'm glad we did it. It's been a really strong year. And, Good. Um, and any, yeah. any thoughts on the year ahead? Uh, any anniversary plans? Uh, I don't know about anniversary plans, but we're going to tweak the menu a little bit, um, try some new dishes out on our lovely customers, and uh, we might be thinking about opening a second shop. But that's very exciting it is exciting but it's early days yet so no you can't give me any space. no no that. clues at the moment okay okay i'll keep an eye on the planning <laughs> please do <laughs> yeah hey Suze. hey um we were talking the other day uh, about um 
criticism and online criticism and it's certainly something that we on the podcast are going to have to think about getting used to and we were talking about uh, online reviews and you had one the other day from I think you said Edible Reading that's right yeah and how, how did you feel about that well it was great because it was on Christmas Eve when uh, we read the review and it was a great Christmas present because it was really positive and we uh, we really enjoyed reading it it was um it's always nice to have such a, a lovely response about what we've created here. Um, I think that we always take on board what people say, so but it was a really long review, which meant that we could we could definitely scrutinise and work out from it, you know, what we're doing here and how we come across as a business to people. But all in all, I think it was a very good review. What did you take from it? What was the big? Is there a big change that you want that you're going to make, or is it is there something that really rang true? Um, I think that uh, all in all that. What, what sort of business that we've created, um, I think that Edward Reading really picked up on what we were trying to do here, which was create a, a nice environment, um, and, the, and he really liked the food. So that's, to me, well, the that's, most that's important thing. thing. Yeah. yeah, it really is, and that's what he came to, to, to see, and, you know, our service, of course, is um, just picking up with different staff and things like that, so we were away at the time. Okay. So to actually get the review when we weren't here and to have such a positive response was really nice. So what, what's it like when... Uh, when it pops up somewhere on your email or on Facebook and it says review Richfield's review what does that feel like is, well, it, is it scary because um, you, you can help me here because we haven't I've only had a review from my mum and so so far so um, you know I'm, I, we've actually been quite blessed. I think people do say really nice things about us here. Like our trip advisors are really, really positive and very good. Of course, all feedback that we take on board, um, you know, means that we can improve the business, and that's always great. So whether even if someone's criticising something, I, I do remember that he said that the, there was like amateur staff. But I thought that was kind of cute in yeah. a way because we're starting off and we are an independent place. But um, just all in all, I think that he enjoyed his experience here from Edinburgh Reading, so that was great. And it really did make us feel very happy for Christmas, so we thank him for that. <laughs> As, you know, it, it's obviously really good uh, that there are people out there doing, doing reviews and, yeah, and publicising other places. I think at the end of the day, we all want everybody in Reading to be out enjoying themselves and doing things. Yeah, and um, I do believe that Reading's a great place for an independent because people do want to have more independent places where they um, um, can relax and, you know, there's something a bit different that's not so commercial, which you do see the same sort of shops in different towns everywhere. So it's kind of nice to be recognised yeah. for doing something a little bit different. So what, what's this like as a, as a venue? Because you're a bit out of town. It's taken me 15 yes. minutes to walk here. What's, I mean... What's it like as a venue? What kind of where do the, where do your customers come from? Okay, well, I think a lot of people do walk to us. We're very business orientated. So when we had the takeaway sandwich bar before, a lot of people would know about us because they'd come for their lunches um, from the businesses around the local area. Which we're really really lucky that there is a lot of businesses around here. But we're getting a bit more residential now. Now that we're open on a weekend, we do see new faces all the time. So um, I think parking is always going to be a little bit of a thing yeah, for us. Yeah. But people once they've come, they don't they definitely we do get to see people time and time again. We've got a big regular um, clientele, which is really nice. But also, I think where we are in town means that we do have to have the, the catering, so we do deliver yeah. quite a lot. Yeah. Um, so I'd say it's about half the business that we, we um, take on a lot of catering. So during the week, even if it's quiet in the shop, we might be doing yeah. a lot of stuff in the kitchen, which is really nice. There's two sides to the business. So is there is there any sort of... Um, with, with obviously the pub next door, they do, they do lunches themselves. Has there been any kind of... 
feedback no. from them, or is it? Well, I think they're all that good mates? I think yeah, we get on really well with the moderation next door. We've always had a really nice relationship with them, and I think that just having businesses around the area that are doing well is also really good for us. So the more the merrier, really. Um, the better everyone else is doing, the better we're doing, really, because people come to this end of town. People know about us because they know about the moderation. We can kind of landmark ourselves because of yeah. them. So. So I should have asked Dan this as well. Um, but what's your favourite thing on the menu? What would you recommend anybody okay. coming for the first time? Okay, well, I would say that Dan has created an amazing menu. His Up and Atom is very popular. Talk He's, us through it. So the Up and Atom has got cilantro jalapeno sauce, which is what we created here, which is a really lovely sauce. And it's kind of... Um, got its own sort of uniqueness because he's got the poached eggs on the smashed avo with streaky bacon and the cilantro jalapeno sauce goes around pretty well with things with people but i'd say a lot of the breakfast items on the uh, menu are winners so i'm very happy it's got a very strong breakfast menu excellent um and i suppose so dan just uh, just bring you in there yeah um your favorite thing on the menu you, you can favorite. go for the same thing if you like, but you know, no, let's, let's no. take the opportunity. My favourite item is the Korean burrito. Um, it uh, consists of slow-cooked Korean beef, kimchi, raw slaw, a herb salad, hot rice, and uh, our secret hot sauce. Oh, I see. I want both of these, and I'm supposed to be watching what I'm eating. This isn't good. <laughs> no, you don't need to watch what you eat, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all fresh food, and yeah. that's the most important thing. When people say that about, um, oh, you know... Um, I'm, I'm looking at you know something really healthy. Well, we do actually cook everything fresh, so yeah. I would say it's good for you. Excellent. Well, that, that's great. So let me just bring you on to the last point that we were going to talk about. You know, what do you both love about Reading? What's the thing that you look forward to? What do you do? Um, what, what excites you around the town? Okay, well, I think that Reading has got a lot going for it. I think as a town, it's very multicultural. Yes. And there's um, lots of... It's, it's an ever-changing town. And Dan, what about you? What do I like about Reading? Um, I think there's a good vibe to Reading. It's a vibrant town. There's a lot going on. Um, lovely restaurants, lovely bars. I love the people in Reading as well. They're very down to earth, very, uh, very nice people. Um, for running a business in Reading, I kind of feel that it's a good kind of testing ground, to be honest with you, because whilst everybody's down to earth in Reading, they can be quite difficult to please. So I think if you're onto a winner in Reading, you're probably onto a winner elsewhere. I see. So that's, that's they have. Awesome. They know what they like. They know what they like. That's good. It's a good, yeah. good place to start. It is a good a place. restaurant. Yeah, nice. very much so. They know what they like and they know good food. See, well, Dan and Suze, thank you very much for your time. Uh, and I will undoubtedly see you in a few days for I'm a sandwich. I'm sure you will. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Cheers. Who's Hollister from the Richfield Deli and Grill? Um, they were really, really great to talk to. Um, they're really, really great to go and see. And if you are one of our one of our listeners, then then please do pop in and say hello and and tell them that you heard them on the Real Reading podcast because uh, I know they were a little bit nervous about talking to me. Um, and we had a few technical difficulties to start with, whereby I plugged something into the wrong thing because I'm quite new to this as well. So uh, it was a really good chat we had with them, um, and I can certainly recommend 
anybody pop down there. As I mentioned just before, if you do have someone who you think would be uh, interested or worth us talking to on the Real Reading Podcast, then please do get in touch. You can do that via our Twitter page, at Real Reading Pod, or you can find us on Facebook, at Real Reading Podcast. Just do a quick search for that, and you'll you'll certainly find us. Um, That's bringing everything to a close, really. Hugh, anything you're looking forward to in the next couple of days? What are you up to towards the end of this week? Um, I've got the day off on Wednesday, oh, um, well. which is very exciting. Um, I expect um, I shall not do very much. I have to do a lot of things around the house. There's uh, washing up that always needs to be done in my house. Uh, so that's one of my my main roles. From memory, you were one of the worst people at washing up I have ever come across. Well, I, it, maybe that was the case in, in the in the old days. But in the old now administration, the new administration is uh, absolutely yes. It's a, a ruthless uh, a ruthless uh, dictatorship. My my current living arrangement, so uh, I can't <laughs> can't get away with not washing the bottom of the plate like I used to. <laughs> uh, it was it was quite a quite a sight, readers. And at some point, um, he'll get his own back on me for bringing that one up. I'm sure because I am far from perfect. Um, Personally, uh, this weekend I think we're we're off into London to see a, a play, uh, a courtroom drama, which should be quite interesting. Um, and we'll be braving the Reading to Paddington line, so probably going to leave about three hours early, I think. I'm interested to hear how your courtroom drama goes, because certainly as a, uh, a, a journalist of many years, every time any kind of court process appears on the television, it's nothing like real life whatsoever. <laughs> Everything is incredibly efficient huge trials take about I don't know half a day um, there's never any problems with um, anything that sort of the sort of things you see in Reading Court Reading Crown Court Reading Magistrates Court like solicitors forgetting their papers and um, <laughs> jury members not coming because they've gone on holiday and all that sort of thing so um, I'll be interested to see how true to life that is when you uh, when you report back next week. I'm hope, hoping that I don't accidentally start talking about some of this stuff in my, my legal exam coming up so um, that could be quite awkward, I think. Yes, so don't do that. Don't <laughs> don't watch the court scenes in in programs like The Bill because they're Broad, not. Broadchurch was the one that sprang to mind that, that we all got up in arms about because it was incredibly unrealistic. You're going to look at me now and say you didn't watch Broad, Broadchurch series two, aren't you? I didn't watch Broadchurch series two, but I, I do remember the conversations about the court. But it's a uh, it's a long held thing of journalists of all types. Um, Mainly the the incredible efficiency of TV courts compared to uh, to, to real life, well, where they have them. major problems like defendants not not turning up. Well, they, they, you know they've only got thirty minutes to fit it all in. Anyway, well, let's wrap it up there because I'm sure we could go on for for ages. Um, so next week, uh, as I say, we have Dan from Lodden Brewery. Uh, we are hoping to have Jenny Slevin on the podcast as well joining us. There'll be three of us in here talking to you. Um, if any of us can get a word in, then that will be wonderful because we'll probably all talk talk over each other. So that's it from us, me and Hugh. Um, if you want to get in touch, as I've said before, that's on Twitter, that's at Real Reading Pod. And on Facebook, it's Real Reading Podcast. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, I'm Sue. We're from Richfield's Deli and Grill. You're listening to the Real Reading Podcast.